Hello again, everybody, moms and dads, boys and girls. Welcome to The Chatter. This is Monday, the 12th of September. This will air uh, the following weekend, which is uh, September's uh, 17, 18, and then again on the 23rd, Colleen. Mm -hmm. Episode 59. Very good. They've made it here. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Remember, O O most gracious Virgin Virgin Mary, Mary, that never never was it known that anyone who fled to thy thy protection implored thy help, or sought thy intercession, was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. In the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lots of things going on in the tri-states. It seems you get late in the summer past Labor Day. I Lots tell of you, stuff going on September here. September and October seem to be so busy. Everyone tries to cram things in before the holidays come. Well, we mentioned this a couple of times, several times, uh, again for Marlene. So as you're listening to this now, this is the weekend, September 18th, 10.30 till 4 over at Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit Parish Festival. That's on the Holy Ghost Campus up at 30th and uh, Central. So big dinner, silent auction, all kinds of things help Holy Spirit perish. Say hi to uh, Marlene. Hi, Marlene. She's uh, one of the good ones. And then all kinds of things going on in in, uh, Cedar Rapids. We talked about our friend Susan Martinick, who uh, stands for all kinds of things life, doesn't she? She does. We got... um, Let's see, this one's over, this one's over, uh, 40 Days for Life still going on beginning the 28th of September, going through 40 days to November 6th, and then the National Life Chain October 2nd over at St. Matthew Parish, which is on the main drag, First Avenue, downtown Cedar Rapids, or at least by my reckoning, it's close to downtown. You mentioned we've got the Life Chain in Dubuque. We have the Life Chain in Dubuque and Dyersville that first Sunday in October from 2 to 3 p.m. So that is October 2nd, same mm-hmm. day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everybody's doing Life Chains. Mm-hmm. I know one time there was talk about, you know, we started um, Highway 20 at the bridge and we head up the hill, but there was talk one time about being on the bridge, like crossing the Julian Dubuque Bridge. They do have a sidewalk on the south side of that bridge. There was talk about that, but it never happened. But that would be cool. Well, I remember that conversation. And then the Darwin effect took place here, which says dumb people get pil- killed by semi-trucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, we, all we have to do is cross on the other side of the bridge and walk on the sidewalk. Oh, that sounds That's right. interesting. Where's your yeah. sense of adventure? <laughs> Kept me going on. Here's something I think we ought to do. And um, this will be about the time uh, my schedule opens up. Have you heard about the St. Michael movie coming in here? No, I, I haven't. I sent you a text. I, you, you did. I didn't <laughs> click. <laughs> I didn't click. Uh, I got you on that one. You sent you a text. Movie theaters, September 29th only. This is a Thursday. Let me check that. I think September it's the 29th. Feast of St. Michael. It is the St. Michael Feast Day. And there's a movie, St. Michael, Meet the Angel, a documentary by Wincenty Probabinski, the famous Polish guy. Yeah. 
And uh, I checked online. Both of the theaters seem to have this for one day only. Oscar Delgado out of the uh, Chicago-Minneapolis connection called wants us to promote that, so we're going to see if we can get some spots on that. But uh, that'd be a good Thursday night deal. It would. And, you know, there was a pro-life movie at um, AMC Theaters this past Friday night. I heard. And I could not get there. And then I heard that they're going to extend it this week until Thursday at 7 p.m. So by the time people are hearing this, it'll be gone. But I'm I'm glad to see pro-life and, and pro-faith movies out there, even if I can't always get there. I'd mm-hmm. like to, just to support them. Yeah, good stuff. That date again, September 29 in theaters here in Dubuque. We understand it to be both theaters, so we had to take a look at that. What do you got? Are you done with all the local things going on? Well, other than... Um, got our big thing coming up oh. October 19th. <laughs> Set me up for that, huh? <laughs> I hit his book. I did speak with Father William Casey. Here's a here's a breaking news. He has agreed to say Mass. Yay! And I think we can do that at 4 o'clock in the afternoon okay. at the Grand River Center, Wednesday, October 19th. This is Father William Casey of the, the uh, Fathers of Mercy over in uh, Kentucky, and I've forgotten the city in Kentucky. Me yeah. too. You shall stand firm, preserving the faith in an age of apostasy. So that is the title of a book. You shall stand firm, which is scripture, Mm -hmm. preserving the faith in an age of apostasy. And he told me the story again. He said, this is published by EWTN. And he says, they wanted me to change the title of the book. And he says, why? Well, it's provocative. He said, it's scripture. (laughs) Scripture is provocative. (laughs) Yes. I have come not to unite the clans. I think he said that, didn't he? Mm. Wednesday, the 19th of October. Your tickets are on sale right now, and uh, we're looking for a nice crowd here. This is our October fundraiser that we do every year, so we're uh, counting on you to support your radio station. It's always so nice to see everybody at our events sometimes yeah. you just don't see them in church or around and it's just so nice to get together with the people and there's a there's a vibe in the room at our events it's nice to be around people that that share the faith and, it is good and they're bringing people. have you noticed that they're bringing friends that haven't been there i have noticed or? i thought it was just me thinking do i not know a lot of these people yeah who so are it's these people? awesome to see so do that bring a friend as I told the folks up in New Hampton, bring a bus. Bring a bus, at least a bus. Doing that. You're getting famous, did you know? Well, I see you have a letter there from uh, one of our listeners. This is dated last week. We got, uh, <laughs> and I got to love him here, you know. To run an apostolate like Aquinas Communications takes hundreds of thousands of dollars. Mm-hmm. So it, you either need 100,000 people with a buck or you need... Some combination of. Some combination (laughs) of here. And some of our friends, some of our family, they don't have a lot. But they give what they can. Mm -hmm. And here's a guy. This this is dated last week. What day is the 7th? Was Wednesday. Just list Wednesday. Mm -hmm. Hi, radio people. That's us. That's us. (laughs) I listened to the chatter the other day, and you talked about getting out and having evangelization to the people 
uh, about the real presence in the Eucharist and bringing back reverence to the Eucharist. Before waging a battle, an army needs to be prepared and trained. So this is, this is our, our uh, listener here. Mm-hmm. Before waging a battle, an army needs to be prepared and trained. How can the faithful in the pews evangelize when we receive communion in the hand? Wow. Wow. Did that just, that's a gut punch. It is a gut punch. And, and it also lets me know we're not alone, Tom. When we see how important that is, our listeners know it too. I don't think the listeners know your, I'm, I'm going to say hatred, but that's not right. I'm not a hater. No, but communion in the hand is something you've been My goodness. talking about. In calmly. Yes. How can the faithful in the pews, I'm back to the letter, how can the faithful in the pews evangelize when we receive communion in the hand? Not kneeling. Singing when we should be silent. Reflecting when, and when the Mass is over, we have a social gab session in church. How many buttons can this guy hit in one sentence? Boy, all of them. All of them. I'm going to go over those again here. Because... I'm, gonna, I'm just going to read his words. How can the faithful in the pews evangelize when we receive communion in the hand, not kneeling, singing when we should be silent, he's speaking during communion, reflecting, and when Mass is over, having a social gab session in the church? This man is an octogenarian. Mm-hmm. He says, when I was little, my parents and grandmother, and later the sisters at school taught me to be quiet, the church was the house of prayer. No talking until you're out the door, except talking to God. Any suggestion to kneeling and receiving communion, and what he means here is any suggestion at kneeling and receiving communion is met with, it's hard for old people to kneel. And the kneeler could trip someone. Or some other excuse, he says. So what he's saying is is that it's out of consideration for old people that they're not kneeling for and communion. I, it kind of sounds like maybe he's made the suggestion, maybe to his pastor, maybe to you know someone that about maybe we should kneel. Because he says any suggestion yeah, to kneeling yeah, he's not is speculating. met with. He's not speculating. It's hard for old people. Right. I don't think I'm an old people. A lot of people think I'm an old people, but <laughs> kneeling, kneeling is... It ain't getting easier. <laughs> I was serving Mass some years ago. Do you remember Carl? God, I love this man, Father Carl Golovic. You know Carl Yes, Golovic. I do remember him, yeah. Still alive, God bless him. One of my great priests. And we were leaving Mass, and we genuflected before the tabernacle. He asked me to serve Mass, and we genuflected, for the, and we got, went down, and... I struggled to get back up. He struggled to get back up. We walked back. We're in the sacristy. He says, Tom, one of these days, I'm not going to get back up. (laughs) That was years ago. What a great priest. All right, I'm back to the letter from Gerald. Rhetorically, he asks, what are we to do? So what are we to do? Unless we get back to the old way at the church, of the church, and communion behavior, It's kind of hopeless to tell people of the real presence when it's treated like a stick of gum at Mass and the gossip hour. 
when communion is treated like a stick of gum and mass like a gossip hour. The Pope needs to issue an order to bring it back the old way before the Vatican Council and then go out to the streets and evangelize. Unless we have a major miracle, I don't see that happening. I will keep praying, keep up the great work you are doing. Thank you, Jerry. They're listening out there, Colleen, and they're, they're not, you know, I didn't hear anything in any of the dioceses across the country that have published their synod responses. Hmm, Jerry can't be the only guy in the country. He can't be the only guy. I think there's a lot of people that feel the same way that Jerry does and that we do. I mean, we're the ones still left standing in the church. I'm, I'm just appalled. Everybody thinks they're in charge of the church here. God doesn't mind. They've lost the sense of the creature and the creator. Mm-hmm. Who was the guy that said you could sum the entire contents of the 72 books of the Bible up in four words? Or these words, I am God, you are not. Well, that's probably pretty true. And it's poignant given today, isn't it? Well, it is. And I mentioned before that our book club is reading um, Bishop Schneider's book, Vincent Christus. And he says one of the main problems with the Mass today is we have re- God is no longer at the center, man is at the center. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's hard An- to argue with that. Anthropomorphic, he calls that. Yeah, it's hard to argue with that. Mm-hmm. So, but I think I think a lot of people can sense that. So, well, and I I just I just don't get that. There must be a, a cloud around here when uh, three quarters, two two thirds of people are not going to mass, and mm-hmm. we think that, and and they don't believe in the sacraments, the sacrament. Meant the most blessed sacrament, and they're going to come back, and we're going to evangelize on the Eucharist at twenty-eight million. So, if we spend twenty-eight million dollars, not twenty-seven million dollars, but if we spend twenty-eight million dollars, they're going to come back. They're going to believe. So, maybe our listeners don't know what you're referring to at the twenty-eight million. Oh, the Eucharistic Congress in Indianapolis in the year 2024, they're going to, the they, the bishops' conference, will do a culmination of evangelization, diocese after diocese, to believe in the world, uh, the real presence. Mm-hmm. Yep, $28 million for a big conference. I haven't seen anything come out from them about like homily talking points or um, catechesis at Sunday Mass about the real presence. Have I missed that? Are they just going to do a one-time conference? I I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It's hard to say. We hear more about unity than we do about divinity. Ooh. More about we, we are one. Don't offend anybody. Everybody's welcoming here, but except for Christ. Jerry hits it on the head. He does hit it on the head. The gab hour. Mm. Let's let's go there, be social. That's what Athanasius Snyder's talking about, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, I know growing up, we were never allowed to talk in church. And when you left church, you could hear a pin drop. A lot of people were still praying, but even if everyone got up and left at the same time, no one spoke until we were outside. Do you remember that? I remember that, and I also remember Sister Mary, what's-her-name? who 
would take us into church to practice going to church for feast days, for sacramentals, confession, first communion, Mm -hmm. confirmation. And And you would practice raising and lowering the kneelers in silence. You remember that? I, we never got You never that. did that? We had Sister Mary Yardstick who would say, that's not how you do that in the house of God. Raise that kneeler quietly. Wow. Now, I hear adults in any church in America that I go to, and it's it's communion time. They stand up, and with their foot, they're they're doing a drop kick on the kneeler. I'm telling you. Some places it does get kind of loud. Oh, kind of loud. <laughs> I'm kind of loud. The old wood kneader, kneelers were the the best. You could you could get a decibels just below a, a a jet engine on some of those kneelers. And if you're if you're there, if you're late, you know, staying in your pew a bit longer before you go. What is it, a Richter scale on the uh, vibration here? <laughs> a Richter scale, yeah. And um, at the traditional Latin Mass, the tradition is that you stay after Mass and you pray certain prayers after Mass. And the one of the very first times Bill and I went to a Latin Mass up in the Twin Cities, we didn't know that. And the Mass was over, and we looked around, we thought, how come nobody's leaving? Well, oh, is there something else that's going to happen? How come nobody's leaving? So we guiltily kind of got up and left, but we, we had no idea why everybody was staying. We had no idea that maybe you should pray a little bit after Mass. Because you just received him. Right. And he's there in you. Which we can talk more about on the other side of the break. You're listening to The Chatter on KCRD and the, and the mobile app, America's Catholic Radio Download. This is The Chatter. Hey everybody, we're back in the chatter box with uh, Colleen and I on, um, I think this is a special day. It is a special day. I'm, I'm uh, only mildly dismayed that it's only an optional memorial. Yeah. Do you know that? You know, Hierarchy I, of all. I know there is a hierarchy. There's solemnities and feasts and optional. I, I don't know. I don't know the order of them and what they all involve. So at the bottom, the lowest level of um, feast day is optional memorial, and then one level up is a memorial, and then one level up is a is a feast day. Now on feast days and on um, solemnities, you will uh, you will have two readings, a first and a second reading. You'll have the Gloria and the Creed, and those kinds of things here. Um, so that's it's optional memorial, memorial, feast day, and solemnity. And today is only a optional memorial for the holy name of Mary. Yeah, that's too bad. I guess it's good that it's in there, but it is good that it's in there. And I really, you know, I just did a little research because I didn't know where it came from. Can, can I just before you start on where it came from? The reason why I'm dismayed. Mm is in her apparitions. Mm-hmm. So in the divine praises, mm-hmm. one of the divine praises is... Mm-hmm. Blessed be Mary, blessed be her holy name. 
and her Immaculate Conception. Glorious Assumption, Shin. blessed be the name of Mary, Virgin, Virgin. Mother. So those are the dogmas. Mm-hmm. The four dogmas of, of Mary mm-hmm. are Immaculately Conceived, mm-hmm. Mother of God, mm-hmm. Perpetual Virgin, mm-hmm. and Assumed into Heaven. Those mm-hmm. are the four defined dogmas of the Blessed Mother, but in the litany, the the uh, divine praises, it says, blessed be the holy name of Mary. Mm-hmm. Virgin and mother, yeah. So that's one side of it. The other side of it is, is in her apparitions, she is tearful at the blasphemy of the holy name of Jesus and the holy name of Mary. Mm-hmm. And, and how is she treated? The denial by the protesters, otherwise known as the Protestants, about the dogmas of Mary and the importance of Mary in salvation history, Mm -hmm. not that she's the Redeemer and we do Mm -hmm. not worship her, Mm -hmm. but it is one of the sorrows of Mary, the great sorrows of Mary. It was prophesied to Mary by Simeon. Mm -hmm. At the presentation in the The swords of sorrow will pierce your heart. Mm -hmm. Anyway. Yeah. Well, I didn't really know where that feast came from. So I, of course, went to Google, which has everything. And I didn't write down which website. Google's a convert. (laughs) Google's a convert. (laughs) Came through RCIA. (laughs) So I I printed out the story of where this feast, can I still call it a feast, even if it's an optional memorial? It is. Because we love her. It's on the calendar. Okay. So this is where this feast day came from. Many people are familiar with the Battle of Lepanto mm-hmm. in 1571, where the Muslims tried to invade Europe, and they were stopped on October 7th at sea, um, and, and we call that the Feast of Our Lady Victory, mm-hmm. right? And now it's called our Feast of Our Lady the Rosary. Yes. But when they failed uh, to invade Europe by sea, then the Muslims sought to conquer Europe and Christianity by land. Heading toward? Well, heading toward Vienna. Vienna. In 1683, so almost 100 years later, or over 100 years later, the Islamic forces had reached the heart of Europe and laid siege to Vienna. So now I'm going to just read right off this printout here. The emperor fled Vienna, and King Louis XIV of France ignored the Christians, the Catholics' cries for help. Now get this. Less than 15,000... Catholics, Catholic warriors, Catholic defenders, Mm -hmm. less than 15,000 were trapped inside the city walls. And the Muslim army swelled to 10 times that, 150,000. In Vienna. Yep. So you've got Christians, less than 15,000, Muslims, more than $150,000. The small number of fighters left in the city were abandoned by their leaders and surrounded by a much larger force bent on their destruction. It certainly looked like there was no hope. But God and Our Lady never abandoned their children. Pope Innocent XI appealed Mm. to King Jan Sobieski of Poland. Oh, yes. To come to the aid of Vienna and all of European Christianity. Sobieski led the most feared cavalry in Europe. It was called the Winged Hussars because they had sewn eagle's feathers to the back of their armor and they looked like eagles flying 
mm-hmm. as they rode into battle. That would be a great movie scene. But more importantly, Sobieski was ardently devoted to Mary and the rosary. When he received word from the Pope, he summoned his cavalry and army and went straight to Chestahova, where the miraculous icon of the Black Madonna is kept. There, they consecrated themselves to Mary. Mm-hmm. Right? We just got done with the consecration. They consecrated themselves to Mary, then marched more than 400 miles to Vienna. And Sobieski ordered his army to pray the rosary as they journeyed. Wow. They arrived outside Vienna on the evening of September 11th, 1683. Really? September 11th? September 11th, 1683. Okay, I get it. At 4 a.m. on the morning of September 12th. What year was that? 18? 1683. 1683. At 4 a.m. on the morning of September 12th, King, uh, you probably say it, John Sobieski. Mm-hmm. Looks like Jan. King Sobieski and his forces celebrated Mass and reconsecrated themselves to Mary. Without hesitation, they threw themselves into the assault. Sobieski's soldiers ran with abandon down the hill toward the Muslim army, shouting as they ran, Jesus and Mary, save us. And Jesus and Mary did save them. By the end of the day, the massive Muslim army was completely destroyed. And those who survived fled in disarray, leaving everything behind in their camps. After the battle, King Sobieski related the events of the victory to Pope Innocent XI. And the Pope said, I came, uh, Sobieski, excuse me, said, I came, I saw, and God conquered. So when he went back to Poland. So you know the significance of that. The I came, I saw, I conquered. By Caesar. By Caesar, yeah. But Sobieski said, I came, I saw, and God conquered. Then when he got back to Poland, Sobieski went immediately to the shrine of Our Lady of Czestochowa on a pilgrimage of thanksgiving and laid the captured Muslim flag before the miraculous icon of Mary. Once again, the victory came through Mary, the rosary, and the countless faithful who responded to her call. In gratitude, the Pope declared September 12th the Feast of the Holy Name of Mary. Isn't that an awesome story? Now, I never knew this. I mean, you heard about the Siege of Vienna, but to know all that Catholic part of it, the Sobieski, the consecration to Mary, the we have an awesome faith. Yeah, we sure do. It's reminiscent of the story of Joan, Joan of Arc. In what way? When she was leading the uh, soldiers in battle, she um, uh, ran out all of the uh, ladies of the camp. Do you remember? Well, I read that book so long ago, I don't really remember. And um, she made the the, uh, loyal French... Fighters go to confession, Mm -hmm. get rid of the ladies of the evening, Mm -hmm. no swearing. No swearing by a bunch of soldiers? Are you kidding me? Go to to mass and receive communion on the tongue. Kneeling. Kneeling after confession. And somehow it worked. I'm telling you, there are so many stories in our faith, and even in Scripture, Gideon and his army, you know, when uh, they... Same thing. Same thing. You know, if the, if your soldiers don't want to fight, send them home. 
and most of them went home. What was he left with? Six hundred, was it? Yeah, six or three—not uh, very many. But then, uh, when he was really low on soldiers, God said, "Now go to war, and mm-hmm. people will know I'm the reason for the victory, not you and your soldiers." So we just—I just thought that was an awesome story, I, and I'm just sorry I'm learning about it now in this late point in my life. Well, and and uh, it's reminiscent. So the Battle of Lepanto, overwhelming. Muslim odds. The, the, uh, the, the Muslim navy in the Mediterranean was second to none. I mm-hmm. mean, they, they were ready to uh, invade mm-hmm. uh, Italy. Mm-hmm. The, the Muslim army, again, was laying siege to Vienna, mm-hmm. which is the heart of Central Europe. Mm-hmm. Now, it wasn't in this story, but I seem to remember something about this. In that story I just read, it said that they left everything in the camps. They just fled. It seems like at one point I heard that they left their coffee beans in the camp. Mm-hmm. And that's when people said, oh, what Europeans said, what's this? And they started roasting it and drinking coffee. So mm-hmm. maybe that's where we get coffee from. Throw down your arms and leave your cups. <laughs> Well, the point here is, I mean, we've gone through, we've talked about the people in despair, which was part of our motivation for doing the consecration that just concluded on the assumption here. Mm -hmm. What are the dates again? It's November 5th coming Mm -hmm. up again and culminating on the Feast of... The Immaculate Conception, December 8th. December 8th. So we're doing it again. No need to be caught off guard. Um... We've got promises of new books. I haven't heard from Tan Publisher yet for additional books. Mm-hmm. The uh, St. Louis de Montfort consecration books, Colleen. And if people prefer to follow along on a podcast, we'll be posting all those again. Speaking of that, I believe I have found we need to do this on those where we're all over the board today. The mobile apps yes. that have been bequeathed to Aquinas Communications mm-hmm. from our, our good friend Christopher, one of them is a consecration app. Mm. Did you know? I did not. I can't keep up with all these apps that are falling in our lap. Apps in our lap. Sounds like a Seuss book. It does. I believe the consecration app is De Montfort. Ooh, good. We need to pull that up here. Mm-hmm. What we're talking about, folks, is... The new and improved version 2.0 of the KCRD mobile app. We're doing this because you're saying, hey, I'm driving up Mile Hill to Piasta. I I lose it over here. I get over to uh, Cuba City. Galena, I'm losing you. Um, And I'm driving. I got a guy that goes to work in in, uh, Garnavillo every day. And he gets up to Holy Cross, and he's losing the, the signal. And he goes to the mobile app, and he plugs it into his Bluetooth. So we're putting lots of time and money mm-hmm. and effort into the mobile app. Mm-hmm. We've been bequeathed four or five other mobile apps. One, the Our, our Lady of Seven Sorrows Rosary. Mm-hmm. One, the Auxilium Christianorum app. The Consecration app that I'm just now describing. All of this is going to be outlined in the Bellowing Ox and on the kcrd-fm.org uh, website here. So, um, But it is, I mean, you know, and we've talked about this before, but we always had been asking God, you know, please give us a, 
a bigger station, a stronger signal, not just a low power one. And all the opportunities that came up fizzled. Six of them. Yeah, fizzled. So we thought, well, God, what what are you doing? And now this podcast has come up and it's really taken off. And, And not only do we decide to improve our current app, Someone calls and says, I've got these other five, six apps that I'm just going to give you guys. Yeah, that they invented, they developed, and they no longer want to maintain them because they do take a lot of energy, mm-hmm. money to maintain them. You've got to stay current with the the Android and the Apple stores with all of the things they've got going on. Mm-hmm. And um, here, you take care of them. Oh, sure. Sure, we'll do that. It just seemed obvious to um, not only you and I, but the entire board of directors that that's the way that God wanted us to go. If he doesn't open the door for you, he doesn't want you to go there. But all of a sudden, he just opens these other doors that are coming in. Right. And so instead of giving us a bigger station that maybe would hit, you know, I don't know, out 10, 20 miles, we've got a podcast that could be heard around the world. Wherever you're going. Yeah. The KCRD mobile app of America's Catholic Radio download. So it's uh, a lot of good stuff going on there. Did we mention, uh, we talked about the tickets. Do we talk about the tickets with this? No? for the. We didn't talk about tickets. We just talked about the event. For the event on October. You'd like to have a ticket, folks? I'm going to explain why. Somebody called and said, you used to do the uh, dinners for free. Why, why didn't you do it? Well, a couple of reasons. One, um, and I don't mean this in the pejorative sense, but when you do a free meal, a lot of people register and they don't show up and you got to pay for the meal. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I, you know, if that happened, we understand. But um, uh, the, the other thing is, is the cost of food has gone up dramatically here mm-hmm. uh, by, it's almost doubled. Mm. The price of food is almost doubled here for these here. So we, we need to uh, cover the meal. And we're trying to do the evangelization, just what Jerry said, bringing in speakers that are going to talk about what you need to do so that you are prepared before you go to battle. You are the army, mm-hmm. the foot, foot, sho- foot soldiers. <laughs> Easy <laughs> for you to say. <laughs> Not so much. Anyway, we're coming up on a break. Uh, Colleen, when we come back, I want to talk about this novena. I know you got a couple of things here, but we got to talk about the surrender novena that has been around for a while, but it's gaining all kinds of uh, energy in and around. I hear people mentioning it. The faithful here. Mm-hmm. You're I listening to the chatter. This is episode 59. We're recording on the feast of the holy name of Mary, our blessed mother here, on September 12th in the year 2000. 22 of our Lord. We'll be right back. Hi, everybody. Moms, dads, boys, girls, you're back in the chatterbox. This is KCRD and the KCRD mobile app. It lives forever, huh? Maybe we should mention before we both forget, because that's likely, the next couple weeks. Hmm. Oh, the shows. Yeah, you're going. On yeah, so, yeah. So we're uh, we're going to bring the um, Miller Singers back again from the show they did in February or March. Mm-hmm. Yeah, something like that. 
is the most requested show, crushing you, Colleen. I know, you're, I'm you're, crushed. You're, you came in second. Second place again. With the Miller girls. So here's the good news. We're going to replay that show, that episode, uh, on one of the next Mondays, the um, 19th and 26th. The, sec- the second show we're going to do is uh, get Michael Matt's Platteville address for the first Friday in September of this year, 2022. Michael Matt was there, and we're going to bring Michael in as a... Uh, we interviewed him right before he was coming to Platteville, mm-hmm. so he's a guest, and you all know him from Remnant TV mm-hmm. here, so that's going to come in here. Yeah. Back, so, if they, so if they are tuning in, expecting to hear us chattering, mm-hmm. and they don't hear us, they'll yes. know why. Right. So everyone can reduce their medication during those two weeks. <laughs> well, well, you and I are not on the air. Back to the Miller girls. Yes. They are coming back, perhaps in October certainly by November, to do a, another recording of, of an entirely new um, songbook. Nice. Because they did, did some great stuff there. And, um, and two, October, let's go back to October 19th with Father Bill Casey coming in for the evening. He's going to speak about his You Shall Stand Firm afternoon opens up with Mass at about 4 o'clock. Five o'clock, Keith Nestor from the Rosary Crew is coming in, and he's going to be praying the Rosary live from the Grand River Center. He does that every day, 5 p.m. Central, on his laptop live, wherever he is in, in the country. That's quite a commitment. I mean, you and I get here once a week to yeah. do a show well, this every day, 5 p.m. What a commitment. This guy's... Uh, how you can't speak with conviction unless you have conviction, mm-hmm. and he does. But the Miller singers, the girls, the lady, I can't say, I well, mean, they are girls. They but, are, uh, but one's going to be married. Olivia gets married on the first of the month. I thought it was Samantha. I don't know all the girls' names. What did I say? Olivia? No, Samantha. <laughs> I just gave Julie a heart attack. <laughs> Mother Julie. Uh, yeah, she gets the first Friday in, in October the 7th. Samantha is getting married. But they're coming down to sing at this event. So you want to see this here. Mm-hmm. Tickets are on sale at kcrd-fm.org. Look to the homepage. You can do that. There is ticket customer service available. If you need help getting a ticket and getting reservations, 563-231-3545. There'll be a voicemail. Leave your your information, and one of the customer service folks will get back to you. 563-231-3545. And uh, the newsletter will be coming out any day now, and uh, it's in there too. Hopefully by the time you're hearing this, um, the newsletter will be in your box. Mm-hmm. The new quarterly. 24-page, mm-hmm. um, let's just call it a magazine because it's getting bigger and bigger. Everybody wants to call it a magazine. It's just a newsletter. It's the long the humble, The humble newsletter, the bellowing ox. What is amazing on that, and it is 24 pages, but the contributing editors from three states is just incredible. Mm-hmm. People have said, we should talk about that. And you say, well, go ahead, talk about it, write mm-hmm. an article. And really, and so we have just... Every day, moms and dads, boys and girls, doing 
writing about their Catholic faith on a variety of issues, Mm -hmm. and the feedback is just amazing. If you don't have the bellowing ox, if you're listening and you'd like to get it, um, two ways. You could do the phone number thing, 563-231-3545. The easier and preferred way is to go to kcrd-fm.org and click on the homepage button. There's 16 buttons, one of which says, send the bellowing ox to me, and that will open up a window with name, address, phone number. You'll be in the mailing list just that easy. That's the preferred way to do that, Colleen. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes we leave extra copies around, don't we? Like at the Power Prayer and Nativity. Yeah, or... yeah, we've been known to lose some copies from mm-hmm. here to there. Mm-hmm. So they might come across it somewhere. You never know. Yeah, doing that. And if you're listening and you like your business advertising in the, uh, in the Bellowing Ox, please get a hold of us. We're happy to include it. This is a uh, work of passion here. A lot of lot of work and takes more dollars to put out 24 And pages. God bless our advertisers. Um, we couldn't do it without them. Right. So let's surrender here. Do you want to surrender? Yeah. Tell us about this uh, surrender novena. Well, I guess I knew about it, but I, I, you know, it's just one of the things in here. I heard about it, a local priest was talking about it, that he's been praying the uh, Surrender Novena. I think he's been prescribing the Surrender Novena. Novenas, as most all of us know, are nine days long prayers. We uh, discovered some of the beautiful, this is the large size, Colleen. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, it's about 10 inches tall and 15 inches wide. Uh, I have some small ones that we uh, handled here. And, uh, but the cover's beautiful. The it's cover almost like a beautiful. French prayer card. Well, and Father Dolindo Rotolo looks a prophet for our time. He died in 1970. He was a Neapolitan priest, that uh, a stigmatized miracle worker, and the mouthpiece of the Holy Spirit. He had extraordinary communications with Jesus without his hero- throughout his heroic life totally devoted to God and, wait for it, the Holy Mother, Mary. He referred to himself as Madonna's little old man, mm-hmm. and the rosary was his constant companion. Uh, he, uh, November 19, 1970, he died at the age of 88. Padre Pio once said of the priest of Naples, Italy, of this priest, the whole of paradise is in in your soul. Hmm. His name, Dolindo, means pain, and his life was rich with pain. As a teenager, a child, uh, as a child, a teenager in a seminarian and a priest, he experienced humiliation, which was the realization of the prophetic words of the bishop, who said, "You will be a martyr, but in your heart, not with your blood." Hmm. Profound humility, he was able to hear the words of God. Even when in his hidden life, he was one of the greatest prophets of the last century. That's the uh, 20th century. He wrote Bishop, his bishop in 1965 that the new John will rise out of Poland with heroic steps to break the chains beyond the boundaries imposed by the communist tyranny. So he predicted hmm. John Paul. Hmm. Anyway, this this is great, great uh, devotion. 
Uh, we're going we're gonna to promote this um, in um, the coming months. Good. After we get through the consecrations, this is just a beautiful novena. And it is, what I like about this is, is it seems to complement the consecration to Jesus by way of Mary through humility and surrendering the number of times De Montfort calls for the surrendering of temporal goods and pride and mm-hmm. instilling humility. Mm-hmm. And it's a very simple prayer. I mean, the prayer that you repeat on the beads of a rosary is a very simple one. It's just, oh, Jesus, I surrender myself to you. Take care of everything. That's it. That's pretty simple. Yeah, who can't do that? Who can't do that and who can't memorize it and say it throughout their day? Oh, Jesus, I surrender myself to you. Take care of everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, and so simple and childlike. Just entrusting it. Jesus, I surrender myself to you. Take care of everything. There we go. So we've got a limited supply of these cards. If you'd like one, call us. No, mail us. <laughs> call. We don't have enough ears for the phones here. Yeah, we don't. we got to get some more phone help. help. I do like that larger size, though. Yeah, I guess uh, I ordered uh, 100 of the small ones, mm-hmm. and... Darn if they didn't send me a big one inside there. You know who? <laughs> they always send little gifts over to us when they we do. get those. They do. And I think it's probably too big to fit in the Magnificat, which is why I have the small one. But I, I kind of like the way this bigger one sits in your hand. That's a good one to use in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Set it in your Bible. Mm-hmm. You got a bunch of stuff. We got eight minutes. Well, one of the things that I had, and I know everybody's talked about this already, but, you know, the queen passed away. I'm sure yeah. all of our listeners have heard that by now. Yeah. But, um, so, what is what do we say now? Um, um, the, ki- the queen is dead, long live the, the king. Yeah, the queen is dead, the queen is dead, long live the king. Yeah. You know, part of what, though, I wanted to say about her passing is, in some sense, it feels like the passing of an era. Like she was like one of the last links to sometimes what feels like all the adults in the room. Mm-hmm. You know, all those towering figures of the 20th century that did their duty, made the hard decisions. Um, it feels like that's gone now. Yeah, it is. It is. You know, and I'm sure her life wasn't easy, but she did her duty. She stayed married to Prince Philip. Was yes. For, what, 70 years or something. And, you know, you just don't find that type of fidelity to marriage and your role in your country everywhere. It reminds me of the priest who said regarding marriage, it's uh, it's a decision, not an emotion. Mm-hmm. So, too, to be queen. Mm-hmm. Do you accept? And... That was the scandal of the early part of the uh, century with the abdication abdication of the throne. Mm-hmm. Was it Edward? It was, uh, yeah, it's in one of these stories here. But you know, he was married to a twice divorced American, mm-hmm. Wallace Simpson. Yeah, and at that time, um, the monarchs could not be married to a divorced woman. Right, that's all gone out the window. But but the curious thing, I always wondered why that was, since Henry VIII, Henry VIII 
broke from the Catholic Church over the whole issue of divorcing his wife. Mm-hmm. And the Catholic Church said, I can't give you an annulment. You're perfectly validly married to Catherine of Aragon. Details, details. Right? So I never could figure out how, and then he got married, what, how many more times? Till he got it right. So I could never understand why their monarch couldn't be married to a divorced person or divorce himself. But now that's all at the window. You know, in the past, what, 20, 30 years, society has changed so much and divorce is not stigmatized like it used to be. So they did away with all that. So mm-hmm. not only is the new king divorced, but the queen consort, is that what they call Camilla? She is divorced. So I don't know. I just thought that was something. Should be interesting about the time we all get to the gates, the pearly gates. Mm-hmm. Let God sort it out, right? Yes. Yeah. So I just thought we should mention that. He is God, we are not. That's right. Everybody's talking about that. What else you got there? Oh, just a lot of stuff. I did come across this one. I don't know whether to laugh or cry, but um, I did see in LifeSite News that Switzerland, Mm -hmm. you know, they're having a lot of trouble over there in Europe with um, getting gas and oil from Russia, and they're talking about it's going to be a cold winter. Yes. Well... Now there's a proposed regulation in Switzerland which would make it a criminal offense to heat a home over 66 degrees Fahrenheit. Mm-hmm. And they'll, they could put you in prison for up to three years. You will have nothing and you will like it. 66 degrees. You will have nothing and you will like it. Oh my goodness. I just, I mean, I don't know what's going to happen if they're going to pass that or not, but I thought 66 degrees. That's cool. Yeah, it is. That's cool. I know when we set our thermostat at night since we're sleeping and it's cooler, it's 64. Right. But then, boom, we're back up to 69, 70. 66 is cool. Right. So anyway, so I saw that and I thought, I don't know whether to laugh or cry. Or shiver. Or pray the rosary. I pray the rosary. Yeah. What else you got? Oh, I got a lot of stuff here. Got stuff on the German synod. <laughs> do, those, we go, do we go there again? Those elves have been busy over there. I got pro-life stuff. How about we talk about a bishop over across the way here? Do that. Talk about him. Archbishop George Lucas needs support of faithful Catholics. He's trying to withstand the LGBT, LMNOP lobby attacks on his transgender policies in school. So the Archbishop of um, Omaha, George Lucas, says that he was going to, uh, he, he's, Archbishop Lucas's policy would have had to have the students use the bathrooms and locker rooms of their, that correspond to their biological sex. Yes. Right? It says, act toward a person in accordance with his or her biological sex at birth. Right. Requires students to compete in sports against members of their same biological sex. So you would go to the locker room, you would go to the bathroom, you would go to the the uh, the playing field, the court, and prohibit students from attending school dances with dates of the same sex. This is the Archbishop saying this is what will happen in Catholic schools in Omaha. Okay, if anyone is time traveling right now from about 20 years ago, you must think that we're, we've gone off our rocker to even be talking about this. 
Dissident, dissident cleric Father James Martin of the Society of Jesus is among several clergy who attack the Archbishop's policies, claiming the Church should be listening more to transgender people themselves. I mean, how long does the madness go on? Well, and so in a way, I, I don't want to say that he caved. I don't want to say that because I don't know that he will, um, but but he has agreed to delay implementing that policy. Um, he uh, Well, he calls the king of Poland. Send in your... <laughs> send in the cavalry. With the eagles on their armor. I mean, how crazy is this? Yeah, he, he's quoted as saying um, they're going to delay it and they are going to get feedback and questions from school administrators and members of school communities. Now, one of the groups that he's missing is parents. Um, maybe that's... Maybe he will too, but he says, um, this is what he said, we will use that feedback to draft revised norms that will be more clearly focused and will not compromise the teachings of Jesus Christ and the church. So this, this is crazy, Colleen. We hear, crazy. We, we hear so many times from people that say, well, we don't hear anything from the pulpit. We don't hear anything about this. Or why don't the bishops say something mm-hmm. about whatever, fill in the blank it mm-hmm. is here. This is the reason why, mm-hmm. one of the reasons why, you don't hear anything from the pulpit and you don't hear anything from, because even within the church, a man who claims to wear the collar says, he, he attacks the Archbishop. Father James Martin attacks Archbishop and says they should be listening more to trans. And th- these are offensive policies. Mm-hmm. To It's an offensive policy to teach the holy Catholic thing. And then elsewhere, uh, dated this morning here, uh, the Conference of Catholic Bishops has a call to action um, on Title IX, uh, on the the regulations definition of discrimination on the basis of would of sex would include termination of pregnancy so they want to expand title 9 and the bishops are speaking out on this in a in a soft way a muted way not i mean their their hair is not on fire let's you know the mitre's not smoking but if we don't stand up and support the bishops in their magisterial teaching mhm the bishops and the good priest who say it's not hateful to say that you should go in the bathroom that corresponds with your biological sex of birth. There's there's nothing wrong with saying that. No, no. Or participate in uh, the right sport. Does anybody hear a ringing? Who's somebody calling you? Oh, or, it's or Archbishop we... Lucas. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. And looking at the clock on the wall, we've just blown past the uh, the break here, Colleen. All right. Well, this is episode 59 on the feast of our, our mother's holy name, the holy name of Mary, the 12th of, uh, of September. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Glory be. To the Father, and to the Son, and to, to the, the Holy, holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is, is now, now, and ever, ever shall, shall be, world without, without end. end. Amen. Amen. Don't forget, we've got the Miller girls singing uh, one of these Mondays and Michael Matt coming, and we'll be back at you uh, in October. Keep listening. We love you. <laughs>